Would you go on a trip to a new destination without a map? Well, you may be up for that challenge, but I know that I would get lost. Would you attempt to put together a piece of Ikea furniture without the directions? Well, if you've done it a time or two before, maybe, maybe not, but I'd rather get it done than see how long it would take for me to do it without those directions. (laughs) What about finishing school without a plan or diving into a career without a plan or building a home without a plan? Do I need to go on? I don't think so because... The reality is, is some of us find joy in spontaneity, and I'm usually one of them. But when it comes to marketing plans for authors, I believe that they are a must, especially when they are designed to be useful. Hands down, no questions asked. Hey, I'm Stephanie Feger, and Empower is my middle name. Well, okay, not really, but y'all, I do really, truly think it should be. I believe that empowered people empower people, and I'm obsessed with empowering you, the nonfiction author, with impactful marketing strategies to help you take your important message and share it with those who desperately need it and want it and will buy it. I'm the owner and chief strategist of the Empower PR Group and the author of three books myself, including my new book, Make Your Author Impact. I have been called to merge my love for reading books and writing books and marketing books to help nonfiction authors with laser-focused strategies and tactics to write books that sell, promote books to those who need and want them most, and build meaningful businesses from empowering messages. Think of this podcast as your one-stop shop for marketing insights from an author who has been there, done that, and understands exactly where you are. So get your pens ready because I'm ready to empower you. This is the Empowered Author Podcast. All right, I don't know about you, but for a long time, I actually despised plans and planning. And I think it's because it took me back to when I worked for a large organization and planning was a requirement annually, and it was also required to be painful. (laughs) It made my stomach flip every year and with every project when it was time to make a new plan. Now, I knew that my planning was important, but I also knew that it would be scrutinized. Would I know what a goal or strategy was and would that be in alignment with what the VP of the department would want it to be? What was a tactic or was that something else? Did I get that right? I even recall the day that the VP from our department called to have a planning meeting with me about the plan, which seemed a bit counterintuitive to me. But that's neither here nor there. Years later, I've been able to uncover why I would get the shakes when it came to planning and plans altogether. And I uncovered that it's because of this. I just wanted to get the work done, people, right? The amount of time that it would take that I saw to put together a plan, I could have actually been executing the work. The red tape made me crazy. Work was at my fingertips, and I saw planning as something that held me back, not something that set me free. I realize now I wasn't in the wrong, and neither was the plan, though. Plans are amazing when they put you on the right path or a path. That's what they're there for, right? (laughs) Plans are door openings and door openers when you have a focused vision and you're given the green light to run with it. Plans can be game-changing when you can use them to guide your moves and indicate what is worth your energy and what isn't. I always love that. And I'm a big fan of those kinds of plans. And those are the kinds that we are going to talk about today. It's a new year. It's an opportunity for a new plan. 
and it just so happens to be a day that I have very little voice. So bear with me as I share planning with you in between a voice that doesn't want to work so great today. We're going to start our discussion with the age old question, probably my favorite, and it is why? Why do you need a plan in the first place? If you find yourself pondering this question, I bet you are probably saying one of the following statements. Well, I've tried planning before. It doesn't help. It doesn't work. Every time I plan Stephanie, I just get frustrated and I can't accomplish the plan. I actually read somebody's post today saying, I gave up planning for the year. That's my new year's resolution. My plans never get used. What a waste of time or planning makes my head spin. Well, listen, I've said all of those before and I've worked with authors who have said those too. So you're not alone, but that doesn't mean that misery loves company here. If you find yourself saying these things, it means it's time to not only plan, but find the right planning process for you because the only way to get to your destination to put together your book, to sell more of them, to build a business or anything in between is to have a plan on how to do it. And so before you run for the hills, hear my take on why planning is important. Number one, there are several ways to get from point A to point B. Have kids and you will uncover the the 20 different options or more, right? None of these ways are inherently wrong ever, right? There's so many ways to get from point A to point B. None of them are wrong, but constantly changing how you are planning to get there, the path you're getting on will only delay your progress. This is called productive procrastination. We all do it. I have several people in my circle that always do it. And I have a amazing person who I think does fantastic work and is always changing the plan, which delays that person's opportunity to actually accomplish the plan right? So a plan is going to put you on a path and will help you get from point A to point B in your own way. The second thing is there are a lot of shiny new things out there. I know this because I get distracted by them too. So the only way to not get blinded by that newness and that shininess is to know what you need and to stay focused to it. So for me, that's been through technology, for instance. Oh my gosh, there are so many technology solutions for CRMs and email marketing systems and project management software and everywhere in between. And in the beginning of my business, I would get bombarded by those shiny new objects until finally I just invested in buying those, the forever plans on several of them. And I told my team and myself, don't talk to me about any others. We will always use this. (laughs) And it helped me focus. My plan helped me focus. It wasn't about those things. It's about the plan. It's about what I wanted to get done and how those elements were going to help. The third is how in the world will you know you got there if you don't have a plan to that destination? For years, I didn't have a plan or better yet, the plan was merely to survive. You might be in survival mode too, but I would be asked by people things like, how is stuff going? And I would say it's fine, but I'll be honest. I didn't really know. I didn't know what success would look like or did look like, and I didn't know what it would mean to get there. Crazy things happen when you have a plan. Not only do you get there, but sometimes you get there early, which is what gifted me the opportunity of a December sabbatical. So having a plan can help you not just achieve it, but relish in it. I recently found a mug I'm in love with and I'm going to buy one day. And it says his plan, his path, his pace. So while the mug is spiritually bound, it has implications for our discussion today. So when you have a plan, you can carve out a path and no path is right, wrong, or indifferent when it comes to your book or your business. In my opinion, they all matter, but only yours will matter to you and it should be unique to you. And only you can uncover that, right? Your pace will also be your decision. 
how much do you want to get done in a year or uh, six months or a quarter or a month or a week? You know, you choose, but your plan will guide it. Okay, so I've sold you on why you need one, right? (laughs) Why you need a plan. What should be included in it now, you may be asking? Well, there are several ways you can create your book or business marketing plan and various elements to include. I want to share two options with you. Option one is what our team does for authors. And option two is what I've created for my business. Option one focuses on leveraging the book as a guide. I begin these plans by actually reading the books cover to cover because books tell me a lot about what marketing needs they have, and it drastically informs the marketing plan. Reading the book helps me uncover target audiences. Who actually needs the book and the message most? It identifies thought leadership for me. How will the authors stick out amongst competition? It offers up connection opportunities like testimonials. Those are door openers, y'all, for real. It provides conversation starters. You know, quotes throughout the book can create great fodder for inbound marketing content. So when I get the opportunity to build these plans and read the books, I ensure that the plan includes some of the following core elements. Your target audience or target reader, you need to know who you are trying to reach. Listen, if you are saying you can reach everyone, everyone can benefit from your book, you will likely reach no one. So you want to have clarity on your target audience. Then you want to have insights on your key messaging. How can you be consistent in the message you are sharing across social, across your website, across your communication platforms, through your book, right? You want consistency and key messaging will help with that. Then you need overarching book goals or overarching goals. What are those goals that you are aspiring to attain? And what will success look like for you and those goals? I'm a believer in doing an audit on where you currently are now. And I call that a digital presence audit. So then you can identify what needs to be optimized to help you get there. Marketing strategies and tactics are important. And I want you to think about how those strategies and tactics align with your goals. How will those tactics align with your strategies? So maybe you have a goal to sell more books. Well, what can you control to make that happen? So the strategy, if your goal is to sell more books, may be to generate bulk book sales. Again, what can you do to get that? Well, tactic could be outreach to complimentary service providers or conferences, etc. Another tactic could be to create a process to make bulk book sales easy. Okay. The last thing that I think is a core element is a visibility plan. So how will you be seen? How will people find you? How will you be seen and heard? Well, social media might be a solution or email marketing. What about speaking? Having a visibility, having a visibility plan is, is a vital part, I believe, to a marketing plan. At the end of the day, your plan needs to know who it serves, what success will look like for you, what goals you have, and the path that you need to take to get there that only you can control. So the second option I mentioned earlier actually takes this first option of a plan a bit deeper. So the book informs the plan, but there is a business sometimes, and that business can be the guiding factor. So for option two, I like to include everything that's in option one that remains, but it's book ended by two things. One is an assessment of the year prior. So a 2022 year in review and a reflection alongside helped me see trends 
I wouldn't have been able to see otherwise. So I really spent some deep, deep, deep time this past month looking at 2022, and I created a space to reflect in real time for both 2022 and along 2023. On the other end of the plan are sub plans. So how will I utilize my workshops or my speaking engagements? I have a podcast plan for the year and all that will align with the goals and strategies and tactics I've sandwiched in the middle. So my sub plans help me support my overarching plan. Both of these plans, options one and two will work really well under two conditions. One, they are honest, realistic, and focused. If you have a plan that is not honest about your strengths, your abilities, what you can offer, it's not realistic in your ability to achieve it, or it's not focused, you will end the year wanting to throw plans away altogether and it won't work, right? You can't get from point A to point B. The second is that they have to be living and breathing, meaning you have to give yourself abilities and flexibility to be nimble and move as the current flows. You may uncover something this year that you didn't uncover in previous years, and you need to give yourself space to do that. All right. You know, you need a plan, you know, the why, you know, what should be included. So where do you start? Well, today is January 3rd. You may or may not have a plan, so no sweat. We can make it happen. What I want you to do is pause this episode right now after I share this and get a piece of paper out or pull up notes in your phone or get a free Google Doc sheet prepped. Then unpause and I have some questions I want you to reflect on. We're going to need about five sheets of paper, five notes to discuss what we're going to do right now to get started on your plan. On the first, I want you to write on the top reflection. The best way to go forward is to have an honest, hard look at where you've been. So I'm going to toss out a few questions. You're welcome to jot them down, pause episode anytime or in any way that you need it to answer them. And remember, honesty matters here. Why did you write your book? Really? I want you to get to the why behind that. Who did you write your book for? And a follow-up question there is, who has expressed the most interest or found the book and your message the most valuable? Might not be who you originally wrote your book for. What is your unique differentiator? Why you and why your book? What makes you unique? What are the needs of those target readers you have and how do you meet their needs? What did you do well last year? What worked? I always like celebrating that. What was a challenge for you last year and do you know why? What opportunities presented themselves? What excites you? What motivates you? On the other side, what threatens you? What worries you? As you reflect on these questions, I want you to gain clarity on your why, who your target readers are, and what your differentiator is. On the second sheet of paper, we are going to talk about the end because I like to always have the end in mind. Again, I'm going to pose some questions, so feel free to pause and reflect on each as you see fit. When December 31st shows up this year, where do you want to be? What would that look like revenue-wise? What would that look like business-wise? What will success look like? Do you know? How will you? As you reflect on these questions, I don't want you to limit yourself. However, if you find a year-end goal to be too big to grasp, go to monthly. For instance, it may be hard to say you want to have a six-figure business by the end of the year. 
That's scary. I know that. But it may not be so hard to say that you want your business to bring in $8,500 a month. That might seem more realistic. It might be scary too, I realize, but it's easier to sit down with a chunk than it is to sit down with the whole pie sometimes. On the next sheet of paper, we're going to talk about joy. And I want you to ask yourself and reflect on what brings you joy. I don't like going any farther in planning before talking about what fills you up versus what drains you because running a business that isn't joyful isn't sustainable. Authorpreneurship isn't easy, but we do it because we love it. We feel called to, it brings us joy, but not all parts of it do. I realize not all parts of it do, but some bring us more joy than other parts and some parts we despise. I want you to get clarity on that for yourself. So here are some questions to help you uncover it. I want you to jot down a list of all the offerings you provide. This could include all of your books or any derivatives from them. Do you do paid speaking engagements? Maybe offer coaching or consulting? What about additional products or courses? I want you to list them all out on your piece of paper. Now, next to each, I want you to rank them on what brings you joy and what gives you energy. You determine the ranking, okay? It could be a one to five or it could be a happy or a sad face, whatever you want. But quickly, you will uncover what brings you the most joy. And you may find that you want to add something that you don't currently do, but you think could bring you joy too. Go for it. Next, circle the ones that you gave a high ranking to. How can you do more of that and less of what doesn't bring you joy? (laughs) You will be more effective at the things that you love and people will feel that. If you have items on the list that are a joy suck, but are required for you to do, how can you find joy in them? Or can you evolve them to bring you joy? Knowing this will help you uncover how to figure out a path to leverage what you love to help you uncover the success that you seek. It is possible. On the next page, we're going to discuss how to get there. All right, I want to use a very tangible example. Based on the previous page, when you uncovered maybe what a revenue goal is or a goal is for you, I want you to write that number on this page, but we're going to use 3000 as a monthly goal, for instance. Maybe your goal is to make $3,000 in your book business or business. Well, what would it take for you to make that happen? If you wanted it to all be on book sales, I just calculated a $20 book would have to sell 150 books to get there. That's before Amazon takes its cut, y'all. Okay, so that's $20 with the $20 being the full profit margin. If you have a $500 online course, well, you would have to sell six of those to hit your $3,000 goal. If you were a $1,000 keynote speaker, you would need three speaking gigs a month. If you offered a personalized coaching or consulting package, you may only need to get one client if you charge $3,000 for that. You see how you break it up in different ways helps you figure out how you're going to get there. I like to bring this up for a couple of reasons. One, joy matters, but so does revenue and you need to have a revenue stream. You will lose joy in something you love if you don't find a way to generate energy from it. Money is a form of energy. I feel like I need to just throw it out there. Inherently money isn't bad or good. It's just energy. It's just an exchange of energy. If you love something and pour your heart into it, but you don't make any money from it, you will slowly learn to despise it. I am living proof of that experience, y'all. I've been there. I also want you to have a business, not a hobby. Now, if you have a hobby, that there's nothing wrong in that. Hobbies are really great, but they aren't long-term sustainable. I've also been there. I've had my own hobbies. Businesses thrive, can thrive, and I, that's what I want for you. I want your business to thrive. 
Also, keep in mind that you don't need a million people to buy your book or invest in your derivative offerings. This approach will help you identify how many clients or book sales or online course sales or speaking gigs you really need each month, and it may only be a handful. On your next page, I want you to write what I need on the top, (laughs) because after identifying how to get there, this is where the plan comes in. What do you need to help you get there? Here are some things to consider. You may need a book if you don't have one. A strategy may be to write a marketable book this year. You may need to launch that book. A strategy may be to leverage your connections to launch a book to success. You may need better systems and processes to ensure that your business could run more smoothly. If so, possibly you have a strategy in place to evaluate your systems and automate where it's possible. Maybe your business when your book is in growth mode and you need a visibility strategy, or maybe it's in stabilizing mode and you need to create efficiencies. This is where the plan begins to take shape. So I want you to pause and reflect on what is it that you need to help you accomplish the goals you've outlined. You can identify your strategies here and then any associated tactics to align will begin to emerge. Finally, on that last page, you need to know now before getting sucked in, what you plan to measure. As you pull together your plan, I want you to focus on what is within your sphere of influence and that's where the measurement comes in. I find people measuring the wrong metrics when it comes to marketing and things like the number of engagements on social or the open rate of emails, right? Not that that's bad measurements, but you can't control them. So I want you to focus on what you can control. Can you strong arm a company to buy bulk books from you? No, you probably can't, but you can put together a system to make it easy for them to do so. Can you bully someone into hiring you to speak at their conference? No, that would be a very bad strategy, friends. (laughs) But you can get marketing assets in place to help you pitch yourself to 10 conferences a month. What about making people buy your book on Amazon? No, you cannot do that, unfortunately, but you can stand out by building upon your Amazon platform. Can you buy emails to add to your email list? Yep, you actually can, but I don't want you to. Please don't. Instead, why don't you create meaningful ways for people to choose to join in? Can you find clients in the sky? Nope, they don't live up there, but they are out there, just not up there. (laughs) Instead, you can create offerings that they need and become more visible in the places that they trust. Focus on what you can do and identify how you will measure it. For instance, some of my measurements this year are this. I have a goal to have a bigger profit margin, so I can control that based on my own expenses. So I evaluate what my expenses are. I can control that. I have a goal around lead generation. Well, I can control the lead generation opportunities based on my visibility efforts. I have found podcast guesting to be a great way for me to generate more interest and visibility. And so I can control that based on how many pitches I do for podcast guesting and book sales. This is a toughie, but I can control book sales based on how many outreaches I do to complimentary service providers who might be door openers for bulk book sales. The only way to know you've succeeded, in my opinion, is to actually have a plan that can outline what success looks like. Now that plan is informed by your reflection and what brings you joy. And when you pair that with the unique value you give others, you're poised for success, my author friend.
So planning doesn't have to drain you, it can invigorate you. It shouldn't be something required, but something you want. When you get a plan that gives you a path, you don't feel suffocated from it, you feel free to run as fast as you can toward your goals. If you would like some help planning for a year of success, holler y'all, we love plans. We are plan gurus over here and I'd love to help you create one that is a workable plan for you and one that you will use. No dust collecting plans in my book. Visit empowerprgroup.com slash connect and let's chat. Author friend, thank you for listening today and for saying yes to becoming empowered. You are destined to make your author impact and to do so likely requires a path to get there and a plan can help you make that happen. As you know, I'm a believer that empowered people empower people. I've empowered you. Now it is your turn to empower others.